Whoa. Episode 25 of Mitch and His Dad podcast. That's half year we working on here. I'm telling you, man. That's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, a Is there anybody the listening to us? That's all I want to know. Well, not right now, of course. No, but I mean, do you know if anybody's listened to the past ones? Is there a reading on that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have little stats here and there. Um, we still staying around the 20 area? Uh, no, more like the 50s. The 50s? Yeah, yeah. Per I wish ep- I knew what it was that was listening. Yeah. My hand's out weird in this picture. Like per episode. Let's see if we've got, let's see what, uh, I'm kind of curious. I'll bet it's mostly U.S. listeners, but I'm curious if it'll show me, like, uh, anything about other countries here. Uh, yeah, it looks like, uh, oddly enough, uh, we have... We have one listener in Indonesia. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, an American over there on business or something. <laughs> you know, searching for something American that he can listen to. Yeah, maybe. You and, know. and one Japanese listener. Wow. And the rest are all U.S. Oh, we're booming in Asia then in that case. That's good. <laughs> yeah, booming. That's boom part of the world right there. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I was just looking at my stats for my uh, my other show that I do on Monday, and uh, we have uh, ha- we got I think ten German listeners to the last uh, the last yeah. one I put up before today uh, before this morning the last episode I had about ten German listeners and I thought that was interesting because uh, you know obviously it only takes like one person and then they tell somebody else and gives it there. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. It's like I'm thinking in Germany, it's probably ten people that know each other. You know. Yeah, yeah. I think probably in that case, because I, I was doing a, I think during that episode, I was doing some, I was, I was saying a few German phrases and words, and uh, I, I wonder if one German guy heard it, or somebody sent it to a German friend of theirs over there, and that guy was like, you guys got to see this terrible impression of us, or whatever, you know? So you're going video on that other thing? Yeah, I do video live, and then uh, I record it while we're doing it, and then I... Uh, post it uh, as well. How come we don't do video? Because uh, it's, I don't know, I just haven't really set it up that way on here. Video would be more fun. Alright, well, I'll try to see the New York Yankee poster and everything. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I guess we could we guess we could start doing this live. Uh, I'm just trying to think of... Or uh, you said whatever way you do the other one. You said you don't do it live. You edit it or something. No, I mean we do a live video, um, and then it'll. I can record the video and the audio, and then I put up just the audio as a podcast, and they watch the video. They have to go like onto the website, but um, most people just listen to it. I don't think you know we don't generally get a lot of people watching it live. We'll get, you know. Oh, okay. I think we well, had like I think we had about a hundred or so people watching last night, and uh, that makes sense. It makes sense though. So we'll probably get. Um, you know, 200 or so people will download it, though, you know. So, it's going well. It, it, it picked up a lot, you know, over the over the weeks. It's just gotten bigger and bigger, which is nice. I like that we don't lose audiences, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's... Well, I'll have fun. to check it out one of these days. I'm sure I'll really enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I sincerely doubt you'll enjoy any part of it. It's just, it's like, uh, imagine uh, late 20, early 30-something dudes... All comedians that don't take anything seriously, 
trying to sort of make like, fun of people that's all I do well I mean not necessarily other people just sort of situations and and everybody tries to one up the next joke and it's like it's called straight riffing because we're just riffing the whole time on like you know we'll bring up a news article and it's just like you know going off on jokes and and uh going back and mm. forth on that and we're you know drinking smoking um you know things like that so it's like yeah, I don't know. It's it's just sort of like watching comedians hang out after a show. It would be very similar. I see. Very I similar see. to that. So. Uh, well, that sounds terrific and everything, but. I, I sincerely oh, doubt that you. I think you'd just be like, "This is just a filth show of, you know, filth." By the way, is the is the whole city in mourning over the Lakers getting crunched by the Dallas Mavericks? Uh, I didn't know they even played. NBA basketball is the only team you LA has left. I didn't know that there was a game recently. I don't watch they this. They played stuff. a whole series and they had the best four out of seven in the in the, in the Mavericks won all four games. They, it's what's called a sweep. So is it the playoffs right now or whatever they call it? Or yeah, the final, final Lakers four? are two-time defending champions of the league, and the Mavericks just absolutely blew them away. I mean, uh. Unbelievable! I feel like Kobe Bryant. You never heard of Kobe? No, Bryant? I know. I know who he is. I've heard of okay. the Lakers. I know who these teams exist. I just didn't know they. I, I'm remembering now that I was listening to um, one of my favorite comedians. He's got a podcast. His name is Bill Burr, and he's just a sports fanatic. And uh, he was ranting this morning about basketball, and I just zoned out. So I assume that's. that's I think that's what he was talking about, though. Oh yeah. Pretty sure that's what yeah, you're yelling about. It's a subject. They, 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 they can't quite handle it. But then I don't know, because he's from the East Coast. I don't know who he would have. I don't know if he would have cheered for Lakers or, or Mavericks. or I, I have no idea. I don't know his. Yeah. I don't know his politics when it comes to you're sports. so out of touch with the most popular thing that goes on in the United States, sports. Mm. But you you like being mm. you like being tuned out from it. I mean, it's like a statement. No, it's not. It's not. Like yes, it is. I know what it is. You you make these broad assumptions about the way I am and the things I do that that I just feel like don't match reality. But I've well, done the same for you. So typical that you wouldn't agree, though. I mean, that's pretty normal. You know, I'm coming up with the true. Oh, I see. I see. Absolute, you know, sort of statement, and you just are not going to face that statement. You're going to kind of go around it or figure out some little quirk in there that you can, you know, disprove it or something. I will say, in my in my youth, there was a lot of different things, not sports related. There was a lot of things in my youth that, uh, may, like teenage years, um, where I, you know, something that I liked would get overwhelmingly popular and then I suddenly like didn't want to be a part of it I didn't want to like it because I didn't want to have anything in common with people um so there was definitely that when I was younger that's that's what's happening I think think with sports what it was yeah I I was really into them as a kid and I played them a lot and then I think um I was really turned off by them in high school based on how the school treated its athletes versus everyone else and especially myself and my friends and I mean, just uh, things that that would not make sense. It would sound like conspiratorial, frankly. (laughs) The way that one school treated their athletes versus myself and my group of friends was was overwhelming. And that really just made me 
never want to even hear the word sports. And then when I went to a separate high school to finish out my high school years, they were more arts related. And so sports were not a big deal to them. And I just didn't really care. And I just stopped paying attention. But I had at the second school, I had I had friends that were on sports teams. And uh, there was one guy, in fact, that I was he was a really good friend of mine. His name was uh, Charles, Charlie. And uh, he was uh, he was the star quarterback, I believe it was. And uh, he was super like into game day and he'd get all excited in school spirit and stuff. And so he'd do things like our school colors were black and red and he'd come to school like in a black dress and paint his face red, you know what I mean, or, or things like this. And on those days, his other sports friends wouldn't hang out with him. So he would only be able to hang out with me and my friends because we wouldn't, you know, be like, oh, we got a guy in a dress. So we got along really well um, because of that. But that would not have happened at the at the other school. They would have that just would not have happened. Uh, their culture was different. So I think that's what it was, is that I got turned off by sports immensely in high school. And then I just never took an interest in them and um, I never picked up the interest again. Uh, I will say I do like boxing. I, I can't say that I like watch a lot of boxing or anything, but whenever I see clips, I'm just enthralled. Um, and I, I don't know who's popular in boxing anymore or anything else like that. I don't like the MMA thing. The uh, So you don't watch a boxing match, but you like boxing. Is that what you just said? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, re- I, don't, I don't actively watch it, but if there's a boxing match on, I'm not going to be like, ugh. I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah. You know what I mean. And and I like watching boxing documentaries. I love doc, boxing documentaries. Just love them. Really? Yeah, I've watched a that's lot of them. That's really that's really weird. Now, yeah. what am I hearing about Arnold Schwarzenegger today? Uh, him and Maria Shriver are breaking up. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, they split. They it's a definite splitting? thing. Uh, yeah, I guess they've been living apart for the last few weeks or a few months or something, and they just announced today that they're just, you know, they're going to go their separate Do they have ways. kids together? Apparently they got two teenagers. But, yeah. I mean, it's their kids? Yeah, It's yeah, not yeah. like from prior marriage or something? They've been together since 77 or something. Man. Yeah, I mean. Well, it's see. understandable. You get tired of the same person after a while. Yeah, this is the whole reason why I don't get involved in the first place. I said that to be funny. That was supposed to be funny. I get that. I'm just saying that's the way I feel like it's probably reality in my head. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, they actually, no, I'm sorry. They have four children. Oh, my bad. Catherine, 21, Christina, 19, Patrick, 17, and Christopher, 13. Do you ever talk or see or think without having the online on so you can check every single sentence? <laughs> all the time. All the time. All the time. It's I literally I was I was trying to clear up the confusion because we didn't know. And I didn't really check into the thing. It's just something I overheard and I was like I thought, well, I'll take a look real quick. It doesn't hurt. We're you know we're on the internet. If we were sitting in the living room having a conversation, I wouldn't be like, Oh, I'll look it up. I would just wonder. I would just go, "Uh, I think they have like two kids or something like that, you know. That'd be it. That's ridiculous. When I do the other show for the most part we don't look anything up. You know, even though we're yeah. on the internet and everything else like that, there's a lot of not looking stuff up until we're all, I don't know, maybe. And then it's like, I could look it up, you know. So you know, add. the golf course that I play golf, most of my golf in, <laughs> that I'm a member of, it's called Water Chase Golf Club. 
And uh, the local university, UTA, University of Texas at Arlington, which is, by the way, a pretty big school now. It's almost 30,000 students. But anyway, they have a golf team that uses that course as their home course. So I'm always seeing the guys with the UTA golf bags and the UTA hats and stuff out there practicing. Mm-hmm. And they won their conference championship, and they're going to the playoffs. And I, So I got kind of friendly with them, talking to them about stuff. And it dawned on me that these are about the nicest, most gentlemanly people, these guys, these kids that play on this golf team. And I, I'm sure golf is the reason. You know, I mean, golf's got that nature about it. But, I mean, they're very polite. They dress very neatly. There's nobody walking around with baggy pants with their behind sticking out or thong sandals or something. I mean, they're just nicely dressed, very you know, they're very physically in shape. So they're attractive, you know, guys. I'm sure they don't have any problems with that side of things. But uh, I was just thinking about them from the standpoint of the population in general. It's, they have such an advantage, these kids, because, you know, they're going to go to college, they're on a scholarship, playing golf, they're when you're playing golf, you're mingling with people at country clubs. That's basically what you do. Mm-hmm. And you play all your matches, you know, most every match at a country club. And you're treated pretty nice, believe me, when they show up to play a match. And it's kind of it's kind of like a whole segment of the population because there's, you know, what, 350 1A NCAA-type colleges, I think. And they just about everyone has a golf team. So they have these little groups of kids and and they have girls teams too. I'm just talking about the boys team because that's the only guys I know. But they have such a I don't know, their life is they're gonna have a very nice life, let's put it that way. No matter what they do. I mean, <clears throat> most of them would pr- love to play professional golf, but very few of them would would uh Become a, it's a very rare thing to be a professional golfer when you think of the billions of golfers in the world, and there's only about 150 of them that are playing on the tour. So it's you know very rare, rarefied air. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. they just have their life is such a nice thing, you know. And in this time and the turmoil we have today in the world, I'm glad there's still groups of people like that that are around us, you know, that you can see and talk to them. And, you know, they just seem so nice, like, and I, I just like that. And you, you have it right there, you know, UCLA and Southern Cal and, you know, the trillions of colleges they have in California. Yeah. Believe me, every one of them has a golf team. And that's why I hang out with comedians, though, you see, because there you all, go. Well, all... I, well, that's probably where I'm going with that. You know, you, you're, you're hanging out with a, different group of people yeah well my group of people all come from the same you know broken threads that i come from and so i like what broken threads you act like you had like this slum life or something no no i'm just saying every comedian (laughs) has like some either either they had some screwed up childhood or they currently have a screwed up you know family life or something like that or they have like severe mental issues or like major depression or they, they're all, there's not a like a, a functioning, you know, 
happy, you know, go lucky life comedian that's also going to be funny. It takes a certain. Um, Usually, most of them have some kind of some kind of mental problem, I guess, huh? Well, I mean, it takes except, a, except for Jerry Seinfeld. I think it takes a certain amount of self disdain to want to separate yourself and 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 analyze and judge yeah like self-disdain is a plus is it well well what i'm saying is you take the self-disdain where where you you're kind of like you go i don't really belong amongst these people but i do like to look at them from afar and give commentary and i think that's that's generally so why is that so good though i don't i don't see where that fits in there like you have to know a lot of comics. They all have they all have a lot of self disdain. But what I'm saying is that they they don't That's feel not a good thing. Self disdain. Well, but they don't feel like they belong in a regular society. That's why they step out of it and and comment instead. They're not. They don't want to be just in the audience watching somebody talk about everything. They want to be one of those people. And it takes a certain amount of like I don't ful- feel fulfilled as a person. So I need to go do this other thing that separates me. And points a mirror back at what I look at all the time. You know what I'm saying? That's why it's yeah, self, that's, I know what you're saying, but that's not good. That's why it's self-disdain, though. It's because uh, <laughs> self-disdain. It's because because <laughs> without the self-disdain, you wouldn't feel this need to separate uh, yourself and point a mirror back at things. You know what I mean? You'd just well, be I'm like, "Oh, I'm happy." Cosby and Jerry Seinfeld don't have self-disdain. Oh, they absolutely do. You just won't. No. they they're not they might not talk about it on stage necessarily. They they they're storytellers. That's all they are. They're very funny, very funny storytellers. Believe me, they have. I've heard many interviews Bob with them. Hope. I mean, Bob Hope did not have self disdain. Believe me. I don't know much about Bob Hope, but um, I'll bet oh, he's I... one of the probably top greatest three people in the world when it comes to being funny. He's one of them. I mean, I've I've certainly heard of him and things like that. I've seen him on TV. Uh, I, mean, I don't remember yeah. much about his comedy, but you know, I don't know that it would be my style. But you know, uh, he he was just funny. I mean, you couldn't watch him five minutes without great breaking into a laugh. I mean, he was something just funny. happened. Something had to happen in all of their lives. Some, well, something happens in everybody's life. No, what I'm saying is something happened at some point in their lives where they felt, I need to comment on this, and I need to be, I want my voice to be louder than others. I don't think Bob Hope, Bill Cosby, or Jerry Seinfeld ever thought in those words. All right. I just don't think so. I think that's a trait of a certain group of people, period, whether they're acting or comedians or accountants there's a certain group of people that would fall into this self-disdain category but i don't think it's i don't think it's quite as deep as you making it is what i'm saying well in fact you know what in life in general and this is just an observation from an older man life in general for one thing it's not fair at all i think it is but it's got the it's got something for everybody, and it's so easy to just not participate in something because you don't want to fail. Mm-hmm. So you find some way to, in some cases, you find something that you can do where failing 
still hit your pleasure button some kind of way, you know, whether it's because you haven't completed or you haven't failed because you didn't anticipate tremendous success or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what's in everybody. Everybody has that. Mm-hmm. Also, everybody has the same thing that we've talked about before when you talked about writing a book about whatever it was. Everybody has those 20 or 30 books they could write about things they did in their lives, particularly, sure. as you, get, you know, like my age. I mean, you, as much time as I'm by myself in an automobile or traveling as I used to, I got in that habit of thinking about stories based on things I experienced or that I knew about. And I would think, boy, this would make a great book type of thing. Well, I mean, I've done that seven or 8,000 times probably. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I think I, I think everybody. Well, I, I said, yeah, the, that was the thing before. Is everybody's got those people, great ideas, but not everybody goes through with them, yeah. But I do think that the one the one parallel I can draw with people that like to perform in front of other people is that there's a certain amount of daring to it. In other words, there's a certain amount of fear involved. I've heard that many times. Yeah. And that kind of, that is kind of makes you more of a human being in my mind, because some people, you know, it's just like the famous stat that I've said to you many times. I think, I think, I think 92% of the population have never wanted anything. The reason they haven't won is they haven't tried to win because they don't want to lose. They don't want to fail. So they don't try. Yeah. So that's the part that makes a comedian at a little higher standard in my mind in the, uh, in the realm of things, because you're kind of naked, like, right. You know, and you're going to have, no matter what you do, and no matter who you are, there's going to be people that don't like you. You know, they don't like what you say or do or act or however, whatever it is, or you say something they don't like. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's going to be that part of the people. So you have to kind of face all that. Well, that, that's a good thing that you go through that. That's very good experience in life, I think. And most people never go through anything like that. They avoid... Any, you know, you know the statistic of when they when when you ask a group of people what what thing would would frighten them the most, the yeah. number one thing on the list is public speaking. Yeah, yeah. You're speaking in front of a crowd. People are scared of that. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know, and it's because they're afraid of what people are going to think of them. That's that's what it is. Right. So this is where I come back around again, where I say, like, if you're already of the uh, when you're when you're so used to people thinking low of you, there's a feeling of, well, I, they can't think any less of me. Yeah. But how do, how did how do you get the conclusion that people are thinking less of you prior to becoming a performer? In my case? Yeah. Or in all cases? Well, in your case, unless you don't want to talk about it. Oh, no, it. no, it's fine. I mean, you know, you, you know, I was... I was it's just something like you know as a fact. Like, no, I, I'm saying I was I was bullied a lot as a kid, and I and I it didn't didn't register. Did you ever think why you were being bullied? Did yeah. you know why? I have no idea. You have no idea. <laughs> I mean, you know, you laugh about it, but it's... 
That's that's. I'm just wondering if you ever thought a, about. No, that's a lifelong. That is a lifelong uh, journey, if you will. That's a lifelong uh, scar that'll never go away. Is like, I don't understand. I just know that at some point, and not very long into my childhood, at some point, I was singled out as weird or different or whatever. And it's like, you know, I wore the same clothes. I felt like I acted about the same or as well as I, you know, I tried to fit in. I was a nice person. You know that. I'm not rude. I don't, yeah. you know, all, I don't go, you know, do crazy, stupid things just to get attention and stuff. I don't, you know what I mean? I, I can, I can function fine in public places. I know how to act. I, I know how to work in an office. This and was it, during know. like high school. You no, I'm talking when I was a kid. I'm talking from grammar school. Yeah. I'm talking uh, kindergarten up. It's, it's, you know, like it's. I didn't even have a personality in kindergarten, but for whatever reason, I was singled out, and it was like, oh, we'll pick on this kid, and I really have no idea why. I, I mean, I really don't. You know, I, I'm That's sure. Terrible. I'm sure I must have acted slightly different, but it's not like I sat down and went, "I'm going to act different." I just. But you are doing things like in class, no. showing off, or no, no, making. Crazy comments to the teacher or something. No, no, I was not the class clown. I didn't. I didn't do anything like that. There was only one class in pretty much my whole high school career, which was probably my senior year. I think it was. There was some class where the teacher said, "I don't mind uh, interruptions. I do mind if you're having sidebar conversation. If you're going to interrupt, it better be a question or a short, funny statement." That was his rule. So yeah. if you had a if you had a good one liner, you could yell it out, and he'd go ah, you know, and that was it. But um, you couldn't get out of hand, and ever, nobody really took advantage of it. Nobody like abused that. So, so are you thinking that some of these comedians, or a high percentage of them that you know, you know, friends of yours and acquaintances there in Los Angeles that are in that general realm of saying they're a comedian? Mm-hmm. Do you think a lot of them have had that same experience? Absolutely, of most being of them. sort of picked on or whatever it is. They either they had an alienation in one form or another. Yes, whether it's whether it's the kids in their school, their own family, maybe you know some of them were uh, you know their parents left them and dropped them off at the grandma's house, and then the grandma died, so they had to get you know fostered into some other weird family. Or, or yeah, they were like me and they got bullied, or like a, one of their parents beat them for some reason, or they were sexually abused, or and you name it, you name any number of things. Some of well, the, I mean, that's some know, pretty serious stuff you're talking about. Absolutely, but it's all forms of alienation. It's all forms where you go, I didn't do anything wrong, and yeah. people I trusted or looked up to or wanted the respect of are treating me badly, and I don't know why, and I don't really have a way to stop it. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. And so you go, well, I must be different. I must be weird. I must not fit in whatever this puzzle that I'm supposed to fit in. I don't fit in there somehow. And I think that when that is beat, literally in some cases, beat into you, that you're different and you're weird and you're not accepted by the status quo, you grow into that. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. In my case specifically, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy where I, to this day, I don't feel like I belong in any, you know, I have groups of friends, like even my comedian friends. I don't feel, I'm only starting to feel like I belong in that group because I do the podcast and 
all these comedians I talk to at shows come on the show and we have great conversation. And I'm like, wow, that was really cool. I got to, you know, finally bond with that guy. And, you know, we'd only had a few words exchanged after a show. Usually I hang out with comedians that are a little more um, uh, talkative or they're, they're a little more like uh, social. Like I'll do a show, I'll get off stage and I'll just stand off the side and smoke or I'll have a drink or I'll sit down and watch the show. Uh, but when I hang out with certain comedian friends of mine that are very social, I'll just kind of trail them. I'll just shadow them and let them go up and talk to other comedians and I'll just stand there. And then I'm in the conversation once it's, you know, once the social um, yeah. exchange <clears throat> has begun, I'm like, all right. So there's all that throughout life. I have various groups of friends that, that div, you know, go in different routes. And I always feel like, oh, I know a guy who knows this group. I never felt like the group was either centered around me or really was like, oh, good, it's Mitch who's come to be part of our crew. You know, um, it's just a... All right, now let's, now let's delve so. a little bit into childhood <laughs> and see how the path goes and why it goes that way. All right. We'll take me, for instance. Okay. Actually, hold on. Let me. The biggest thing, let me, let the me, biggest... Let me grab Go another. Ahead. Let me just grab a drink real quick. Just gonna right. refill my drink. We're back. All right. Oh, I can see all the way into the kitchen. I see how your apartment is now when you're not sitting there. You got the kitchen and the day to day. What kind of drink is that? What's up? What kind of drink is that? Coke Cherry Zero. That's good. That's yeah. a good. Love it. All right, so here's, here's okay. the thing. Here's Let's go into your childhood. Here's the thing where I fall, <coughs> where I fall into. Just to show you how close you can come to going in one path or the other. Uh, that's that's what these, this exercise is about. All right. The first primary thing that was so critical in my early life and noticeable was my size. I was never in a classroom where I wasn't at least a head taller than anybody. Kindergarten, whatever grade you want to name. By the time I got to like the eighth grade, I was six foot four. Wow. If you see pictures of me, you know, there's the famous one where me and my dad are standing next to this kite that he made from newspaper. And my little buddy, Barry Babbitt, that lived next door is standing there. And he's, frankly, he's half my height in his picture. I mean, he barely comes above my waist. <laughs> wow. So... From a very early age, it was almost embarrassing to me. Mm -hmm. It made me, as hard as it is for anybody to believe that now that knows me, it made me very shy. I mean, I was like too noticeable, okay. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I don't think I was thinking all that at that young age. But I was so big compared to everybody else. It was amazing. Okay, so... But what happened to me along the way was my grandfather, when I was like in maybe the sixth or seventh grade, I remember complaining to him in a kind of a whining way. And, you know, this is a guy I grew up with from the day I was born during the war and the guy I'm named after. 
And I remember whining to him one time about this size thing, you know, that I get noticed and people make fun of me and I can hear him whispering and, you know, and all of that. He says, well, he says, for one thing, this is going to be true your whole life. The second thing is most of those people wish they were you. <laughs> I was like in the sixth grade. I don't remember what grade I was in. I know it was not further than the seventh when he told me that. Yeah. I was thinking, well, okay. <laughs> he says, what you're going to do is you're going to find other friends that are similar in size to you, and probably they'll be athletes. So that was very telltale in his part because that's exactly what happened. I made friends with the guys that played sports because most of them were bigger guys. Mm -hmm. And that put me on a whole different path because I gained confidence and I, you know, all of that stuff that you grow up trying to get. And, you know, allowed me to be f comfortable speaking to groups and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It shows you that I was at this point, I was at a point where I felt maybe like you felt as far as being ostracized. Mm -hmm. And I was taking it as something against my size, which I assume that was the case. I don't know to this day what it was, but that's that was the reason I thought it was. Mm -hmm. And I guess I guess I got to give credit to my grandfather somewhat because it it when I moved in this direction of confidence in myself based on okay I got some advantages rather than disadvantages you see that was how that's that's what it changed into and of course you know that's that's the way I grew up or it was just around athletes and playing and you know it was it was like a seasonal thing you know you played football in the fall and baseball in the spring and golf in the summer you know it was like that yeah yeah definitely and so just about every close friend I've ever had is somebody I competed with or against okay. you know that's just the way it is so when I brought up this golf team situation and the type of boys or men, these really, I call them men, they're very adult. Uh, the, the things they have in front of them as far as their future goes, in my mind, is just almost limitless. They have such advantage, just a tremendous advantage. And I really like to see that in a, you know, a guy that's, 18, 19 years old. It's, it really makes you feel good to see that in, in, in people, you know. But um, anyway, that that's kind of, that, that's all I wanted to go with mine. I, I just wanted to talk about the size thing that was caused me to be feeling like I was different and nobody yeah. liked me and they made fun of me. And I mean, I kind of went through that in really early, early years, though. I mean, yeah. you know. And and then it, it, I just, in my mind, I just got convinced that it was an advantage. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I got convinced of that, my whole life changed. I mean, it was like, boom. I was this whole other persona. I mean, I just became a different person. It was really strange because I was, man. Well, I, I mean, conversely, I had the same, I wouldn't say the same, but a, a similar thing in that I learned that 
people will are less likely to punch you if you make them laugh, even if you're making fun of them in some cases. Um, so you act at physical confrontations. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But and you I, see, that's one thing I never had that problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm saying that that like, it, for instance, I found that if I I could separate myself from from people with a weird entertainment thing, you know, I would do impressions or you know weird little things like that, uh, mm-hmm. where I was always trying to sort of perform. I, uh, Meredith and I used to do that for you. And oh, was this in high school? Uh, no, I'm talking when I was a kid, you know. I okay, mean, you now, can remember. Right, you can remember. Just by, just by you doing that set you apart. Yeah, well, that's what, what I'm saying. So is that you were was, doing something to get attention, which actually made you more peculiar. What I'm saying is that the, <laughs> I don't disagree with you, but at the same time, it's not like I said I, I did that and then was set apart. I did that because I was set apart, and I found well, this is a way I can cope with it. Is if I'm slightly entertaining about it, then it's like it's okay that I'm over here by myself because at least like I've sort of belonged through they're entertained, and that's all yeah. I ever want. You know, again, Meredith and I used to perform for you and mom and stuff. You know, and I went to those summer camps all the time with mom. She did that drama thing, you know, with the youth theater. And I'd help out there, and I'd do their little plays and all this different stuff. I never had, I've never had stage fright to this day. I don't really know what that feels like. Um, Meredith used to break into a song. In fact, when she was, yeah, I remember that. When you guys visited New Orleans, I remember going over to uh, to uh, my aunt Pearl's house, and a lot of the cousins were around, and. I had told her prior to that about Meredith singing, and she just asked Meredith to sing. And Meredith sang a whole song, you know, with no absolutely, you know, obviously a cappella without any music at all. Yeah. Uh, man, I was just like shocked. <laughs> she, she just, she just rambled off the song, the whole song. I mean, you know. Yeah, no, I can recall. I remember that was uh, it was. It's odd to me because, you know, it's, it, that was one of those things where uh, again. Meredith got all this attention. She was the singer. Oh, she's going to be the singer and the ballet dancer. She's going to do all this stuff. And it was like, and Mitch is going to be, you know, the baseball player. And then, and I don't take this as me trying to guilt trip you. I'm just telling you what happened. And then when you left, it was like, Meredith's going to be the singer. <laughs> what is you know what I'm saying? Uh, and then it was no, like, and Mitchell's going to be, it was just, Meredith's going to be the singer. Yeah. You know, and then so so what that what that became is like what you know, I would sit in like I'd write things, you know, I'd I'd write stuff or I'd muck around with computers, which I still do to this day. And I think that developed me into to where I'm a very solitary private person where I I I value my alone time probably to an unhealthy degree. Um I, I don't I wouldn't go so far as to hate say I hate company because I love having company. And sometimes I, f- I get, like, upset when people leave because I'm like, no, you, you can hang out for another five hours. I'll stay up. I don't care. You know, but I know that, you know, social constructs, you know, whatever, there's like, okay, well, it's that time I need to leave. And, you know, I don't want to force people or anything. So I'm always like, well, you can hang out if you want. But, you know, uh, but I'm not uncomfortable alone. And, and it, you know, I, I get into research and stuff and I'll – look up weird facts and I like learning stuff and figuring out new things and I geek out on stuff and I, you know, all this stuff, 
it all developed me as a person, same way as, as, you know, the athlete thing developed who you are as a person, the competitive nature, all these different things. You know, it's those paths you take based on these tiny little, you know, no single yeah, range. I mean, it just takes one little thing sometimes to shoot you on a different a different track. Now, you know, we got to yeah. do at this point is stop talking about ourselves. <laughs> well, uh, no single raindrop is responsible for the flood. There was something you wanted to say time. about Obama's Obamacare. Was there? Uh, something oh, you oh, emailed no, me no. about the uh, – oh, I, I know me. what it was. I sent you a, a Wall Street Journal piece. Yeah, hold on. I'll have to pull that up because I'm He's trying to remember what you it I have to pull it up because you wrote it, and I don't remember what it Got said. Got it in the file. It was the day after the last time we did this show. Uh, <laughs> I swear. I can't get away with anything. Oh, yes. No. It was it was uh, the Wall Street Journal opinion uh, piece on Obama's gangster politics, which, by the way, I don't know why they – you know, I could take issue with them using the word gangster, but I won't. Yes, well, so I, I, I realize. I mean, that that feels a little racial to me to sit there. I realize they're trying to. I think they're trying to go mafia gangster with it, but based on the way that they, the based on the law, it sounds kind of the polar opposite of that. And so I don't know. It just sort of. You know, well, the point the of the matter is. The point of the matter is, and, and, and I don't mind just to take maybe 10 minutes here to talk about politics, because otherwise it'll be the whole show. Okay. I don't have much to say about it. Well, the thing, the, the point of the matter is, is that poor Obama, he's got the democratic disease, and that is that every single moment of your life, you have to be campaigning. Every moment. It, and what happens when you do that, in my opinion, is that you never speak of the truth because you have to always tinge it in some way. I mean, just since I sent you that email, there's been two more things. The latest happened today where he's talking about illegal aliens, which I find really hilarious that someone could say, Illegal aliens are okay. I mean, they're legal or something. I mean, they're called illegal aliens for a reason. But anyway, he's you know he's already priming the pump because he knows that all these Hispanics are going to vote for him if he's for illegal aliens. So he's going to be for illegal aliens because he wants to get reelected. I mean, it's just it's so blatantly. It's like we're all just stone monuments out here that are stupid and can't think. And I think that's the way the Democrats think of the general population. They're very elitist, and that's the way they think. They think that we're all stupid. I, I've and heard that what? from I've heard that from a lot of people. Uh, oh, not about no, wait, hold on. I'm not oh. saying about Democrats. I'm just saying I've heard that from a lot of people. Where so many people will say about everyone in the world that so many people are stupid, and I'm getting tired of hearing that. So I'm yeah. with you. I don't disagree with anything you said there. Yeah, I mean, it's and just, I and I don't, and this is the this is the thing that confuses me is that, like, to my mind, I, I ignored politics because I could, and because I was young, I wasn't able to vote, whatever. And then it felt to me like Clinton didn't do a whole lot one way or another, and so he didn't make a lot of big waves. Maybe he did, but it seemed at the time that he didn't make a lot of big waves. So you could kind of ignore him. And so my friends and I never talked about politics. And then 
the analogy I used to use on stage was then Bush came along and he was like your neighbor's little chihuahua. And he was always yapping. And you were just like, seriously, I'm trying to sleep. Just shut up and go away. Like, I don't I don't care. Do do what you got to do. Instead Crap on of it. doing a routine here, let me hear what you want well, to talk what, okay. about. Okay, so that's the way it felt like what Bush. What were you thinking about the Obama? It felt like Bush was very imposing. We're um, not talking about Bush. I know. I'm getting to that. I'm saying, Bush is living in his greatest uh, neighborhood okay. in the United that's States right now. He's enjoying every moment of his that's life. That's wonderful. Life. I'm yeah, not. I'm not. This is not about. It doesn't care about anything you say. I'm Please not don't. talking about. You got to let me finish a sentence sometimes. But man. I don't want to hear if it's got to do with Bush. If it's a sentence that's got to do with Bush, I don't want to hear it. It is absolutely old news. Let's talk about today. I today. I want to talk about today. Can I finish the please sentence? If it doesn't have Bush in it, you can. If I not, forget it. We can we can end this because I I'm literally I'm not ripping on the guy. I'm literally just telling you. Okay, I don't want to hear about. I'm gonna Bush. say it anyway. Just let me get through this because it sets up my next point, so that you understand where I'm coming from. Because this is the problem that we keep having. But just talk about Obama. I'm what trying to by saying this. I want it. Oh. Look, I. I wanted to ignore Bush and didn't have any opinions on him for a long time. And then it seemed like he was very imposing. What does that have to do with right Hear now? Me out, please. It seemed Would like, you waste time talking seemed about like it. it was very imposing and he made a lot of various laws that imposed on American way of life. That I was Man. like, I, it, wire taps, warrantless search and seizures, the Patriot oh. Act. Uh, yeah. Various various uh, uh, laws about um, uh, enacting, uh, making it harder for women to have abortions, no. m- trying to block the RA486 pill, no. uh, ending no, stem cell, no. ending That's stem cell no. research, outlawing stem cell research. Uh, you know what I'm saying? What that, doesn't matter. You well, don't want to get into a bush. I'm well, just telling you well, that it, fe- it felt very imposing from a government scale. So I was not pro-government, and I'm not still. And what upsets me is that, you know, Obama comes around and I'm still not pro-government. I'm not like saying, hey, I want more government in my life. That's not at all what I'm saying. And I'm not I wouldn't call myself even a Democrat. Yes, I voted Obama, which votes Democrat. But I'm not I'm not like, oh, you know what I need is more. I need more government intrusion in my life. I need more laws. I don't feel that way at all. Well then, well then, how would you possibly accept Obama if you don't feel that way? Because that's exactly his whole life. That's his life you're talking about. From a very basic level, the most immediate thing that struck me was that the way that it felt the Republican Party had been for eight years and was going towards again was mean. And Obama seemed much nicer. What? They, it seemed like the Republicans, and it still does, uh, that they're very mean and pull yourself up from your bootstraps and move on, soldier. And Obama seemed more human. And I thought, oh, that's what we need right now. Because I felt too machinist and too locked into a weird um, watchful eye and don't have this abortion, don't stem cell research, or anything, anything that Jesus man doesn't like, we're not about... And Obama seemed very let's, human and logical, and about, I liked it. That's what I went the for. basic difference between the two things. It's just so basic. The basic thing is the Democrats do not believe that you can count your own life and count your own pennies and count your own job and take care of your health and 
figure out what school to go to. They don't think you can do that. They think they will do it for you. They know better than you know. Now, there's people in Congress that will tell you that to your face. That's not a secret. I mean, Harry Reid, the uh, Senate guy, he will tell you that he believes that. They are acting in your best interest is what they're saying. And a lot of that I disagree with. They, because oh, yeah. they know more than you know, and you're stupid. Now, the Republicans, on the other hand, say it's up to you to figure out what school to go to, to figure out how you're going to pay for it, to get the kind of job that you can afford to do it. It's up to you to figure out whether you want health care, and if you do, you got to pay for it. It's up to you to figure out how to pay for it. Don't come knocking on Uncle Sam's door because we're not going to take care of it. you got to do it. Now, that scares the hell out of Russians. I had the two Russians I used to play chess with back in the early 90s. And they used to talk about that all the time in a very heavy accent, that it was scary living in America. There's no safety net. They used to always talk about the safety net. You can fail here and end up being in the street. They, they were scared of that, see? Okay. So that's what the Democrats are selling. They're selling you the idea that we will take care of you. I, I, uh, look, you. If, if I had it my way, there wouldn't be political parties, but then I wouldn't. I'd change okay, I'm, so I'm many things saying, to be ridiculous. You don't have it your way, and this is the right. struggle country is in right now and believe me this is a struggle because there are a lot of people that vote democrat that want someone else to take care of their lives they don't want to do anything they don't have to you know we want free education we want free this free that everything's free the government's going to pay for it it doesn't matter boom i i think honestly both sides of the argument come down to a series of illusions that the other has about the other. Ah. The, no, I'll tell you. I'll put it this I way. I just told you the two sides. Well, there is no difference. Has never been any difference. You know what? The, the person. The person. Hold on. The person. The person that you're talking about that says I don't want to do anything. I want everything taken care of for me. I want the government. Blah blah. That's what I'm well, saying. What I'm saying is that. The, that way. the 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 democratic voter let's say that you're talking about the let's say lazy welfare is this what you're talking about the welfare people and so on and so forth i would say they're in that group but okay. i mean let's much let's, let's go with them as an example i think that i that's think that, i think that in some regard that's an illusion in so far as uh i don't disagree that people would love economic relief if they could get it i think everybody if given the chance and he goes, well, and, 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 you know, we've talked about this before. Many, many rich people came from rich people. Uh, so they can't necessarily talk about picking themselves up by their bootstraps because they didn't. They just had bootstraps handed to hey, them. You know how up. few people you're talking about when you say that, though? What's that? You know how few people that is that you're I'm talking d- about? I'm not even, I, I'm not getting it. I'm I mean, just, I'm just you saying can't as a for talk about rich people that are that rich without realizing that you're talking about. I know that, and, and these are, but these are the same people that are like, "Don't tax us." We've worked hard all our lives, and it's like, well, kind of, but you started with this giant pile of money that you were already sitting on, and then you just climbed higher with more money. We just, talked about this last time, one yeah, time a, before. A, I don't. It's a quite small percentage of the. It's a small percentage of the population. I know no, but that. That's not the point. The point is, people that have money churn the economy with that money. 
That's wonderful. Just, I have no so problem basic, with that. Basic what? economics. You can't take but money those, away from people that spend their money and invest it and give it to the government. It's ridiculous. I'm not saying you can. I'm, I'm okay, only, I'm no only saying. Bring up, I, no, I'm only saying that that there are people who are in top echelons who did not necessarily make their money from ground up. You can agree to that. Am matter, I right? Least bit. What's that? It doesn't matter. If they have okay, the money well, from heaven, it doesn't matter. All right, well. They spend that well, money. It does, in- it does matter insofar as a, a poor person was never given that opportunity if they were born into a poor household. So naturally they would want some sort of, hey, can we even it out so that we can give it a, 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 a solid shot to build a billion-dollar no, business? We don't no, know anything about industry. We don't know anything about business. We don't know anything about corporations because we've never been given the chance. I'm not saying that's all of them. I'm just saying there's going to be a percentage of that. Guess I what think the what the problem is, is one of no, the problems you can't be given that. You got to go get it. If you give well, talk to the people who have already gotten it. Talk to those golf guys that you were just talking about earlier who were raised in 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 you know, probably a two-parent home in a nice rich area. Who uh-huh. have their college paid for? Well, I'm just saying those are not kids necessarily that had to struggle against all odds. They were born uh, on a soft it, pillow and they built more pillows on top of it because it's easier. Whereas I agree. You're literally, 100%. rags are rich, right? I agree 100. Okay. And that's the kind of people that run the country, and it's also the ones that keep the economy running. And if that's you penalize great. those people in any way, you're hurting the economy. All right. Well. What I'm saying is don't help the economy by giving people things because it's a known fact that the more you give them, the less they want to work for it. That's 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 exactly the point I was getting to is that, unfortunately, there's also the other problem is that is that if somebody doesn't feel like they had to work for it, then and, and they certainly didn't have to work for it, let's say. They're going to be less appreciative. That's just basic human knowledge. They're going to be less appreciative of a thing if they didn't have to put any personal sacrifice towards it. That's absolutely true. And that's where I get into it. I don't agree with just handing out welfare willy-nilly or anything else like this. I, but you do I, want to hand it out. Not necessarily. I, I think that if somebody... I think if somebody is born into crappy means in life and it has not, it's not their fault, like born as a child into a, 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 a poverty-stricken neighborhood or society or whatever have what, you. What, 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 what? What do you want them to do, that person? It somehow help them out. Help them with education. Help them get a leg up. Help them with programs. Help them. I, I, don't, I don't have a, a definitive answer. I'm, I'm telling you that... Do you think that, that people go to public, do you think people going to public school are paying for their education? I'm not saying they are. I, I, no, they're not. Yeah. So these people, these poor, downtrodden, horrible neighborhood, terrible family, dangerous life with nothing to eat, they can go to school. Yes, but okay. Uh, you have and to, they can you, and they can decide that they are not going to grow up like their parents or their brothers or whatever it is. Right. And they can decide that through education. They can get millions of kinds of breaks when it comes to going to college after high school. There is a way in our country without the federal government giving you every penny you make. 
to become something other than just a poor old criminal in a prison. Absolutely. That is the American dream. That's exactly right. And it's still alive and well. But the problem is, this is is where the argument comes in, is the assumption that every single person has that opportunity irrespective of all outside factors, which is not the case. No. I'll say this. The opportunity is there. It may be more of a of a task to take advantage of the opportunity from one person to the next. Yeah, and if you, I don't think there's and, any why, doubt and what would be the what would be the harm in in basically helping you know teaching more business in schools, teaching kids how to like make their own businesses when they do community outreach programs where that part of it. when they That's talk the- about you know what i'm saying is like there's programs like the big brothers and stuff where where people will adults will go into like poverty stricken neighborhoods and talk to the kids and be like hey what do you want to do in life and sort of help the kid and guide them and say look here's how you would go about doing that because they have crappy parents who will not sit them down and tell them that they don't have a good role model looked up to and you know the easy way out. The easy don't way out is drugs happens. and guns and whatever have what you. Happens. But you, what's don't that? you see what happens to these people? They just become just like their forefathers. They these people just become the same thing. They they finally decide how to get a disability yeah. check and no. how to get food stamps not and how. All, to, not in all cases. Everything goes. No, in some way. of them work their way out of it. Yes, and what I'm, I'm saying is that you. This is the problem when in all of America is that that people blame individuals and not a culture. You need to blame the culture. Oh. And, and to al- you have to alter the culture. You have to alter the culture. I totally disagree with that. Well, I totally. Disagree. Uh, uh, okay, it's an individual thing. That's what it is. And I don't you, care what anybody you, tells me. I've seen enough proof of that pudding. You cannot blame the culture. You and the rest of the Democrats that do that. <laughs> What I'm That's saying, I don't do. mean that. I, it is not your fault, baby. Let me take care of you. What do no, you need? No, you no, need no, 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 no. Go down to the hospital and some rich guy who pays his taxes is going to pay for that. Go I'm ahead. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that Go you change that. You change Campbell soup. You change the mindset of a culture. By by positive change, you show them that things work and stuff like that. Yes, that's, there's always going to be individuals that fall by the wayside or do their own absolutely. thing. Absolutely, and that's it. Absolutely, but but the why? But you don't. But you seem to want. This is the problem that I have with the Republican Party as a as a general rule, is that they they just drop off. The, they just go look. It's all individuals. You're all on your own. By exactly. the way, I, by the way, I came from a rich household. With you know, I was brought up, and I went to you know, my parents paid for college, and I went to golf team school or whatever the crap, you know. Say, and they, you guys, got to pick yourselves up by your bootstraps. I don't care if you were born into a house with one room for four children. I don't Amen. care if that had nothing to do with you. I don't care that nobody ever taught you how to create a business, and all around you is crime. And even getting out of that is difficult because cops will pull you over just because you're black in a poor neighborhood, and they'll think you're doing a crime. And all these number of myriad things that you have to change about our culture to help for that. There's a scientific. Would you say? Study. Would you say that the fact that eighty percent of the people in prison are black? Is because they're wrongly been prosecuted. All eighty percent, no. <laughs> but a higher percentage than white. Absolutely, there's scientific studies. Science, oh, no, no. Hear me out. 
There's a sci- there have been scientific studies that yeah. that if you put ten you know ten white dudes and ten black dudes on trial for the exact same crime, nine out of the ten dudes or eight out of the ten dudes will go to prison, and one out of the ten dudes, or ten out of the one out of the ten white guys will go to prison for the same crime. You know what you need to do? You need moreover, to. Moreover, when you're in a Seven Eleven and you run into a cop and they're getting his free coffee. In fact, grab a black cop, okay? Yeah, yeah. And ask the black cop, when you're out patrolling and you're catching criminals, what what are these criminals? What, what are, are they, white guys, black guys, Hispanics? I, I can throw this right they're gonna back. The no, no. They're going to have the same I answer can... in Dallas and Los Angeles and Illinois and Florida and in New York. The answer is going to be the same. So it's got nothing to do hold with on, their Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me throw this right at you. You can't you even talked about no. You talked about you, as less blacks than white. Talked from, uh, you talked about those. Golf- think you probably blame their criminality on the on the Republicans. I do not. They I have do. a job, so they had to go I rob the Seven Eleven. Listen, the I'm not gun. blaming that on. Listen, I'm <laughs> saying earlier you mentioned the golfers, right? The golf kids, and you the specifically wolf- said. And I, I, I could, you could, you could quote it. You specifically mentioned that they do not wear, they wear nice pants. They do not let them sag, etc. Am I right? I don't take that back. Okay, That's I'm not saying you do. But, why is that negative? But, but what? How can wait, you make wait, wait, it wait, 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 wait. But, but that means that you place a certain higher standard on those people than you would on, say, a kid who is in his culture in his neighborhood people sagging their pants and he wants to fit in or she wants to fit whatever so they sag their pants you're putting a negative statement about their life and their reality based on that it's because it's the difference is i happen to realize that that person is walking around and it should be it should be working on a job that's spending taxpayer money at the 7-eleven and roaming around in baggy pants with his behind sticking out, with his behind sticking out with thong sandals on, that guy has very little chance of making the golf team. And, I agree. And and that yeah, and, and he, I agree. And totally. I, yeah, and that guy was not given for free a college friggin' education by his parents, who are very rich, living in a very rich neighborhood. I don't know. In this case, the golfers won scholarships based on their skill as golfers. It uh, had, you're going to tell me that they did not come from rich families. I would say they probably all okay. came from rich All right, family. all right. Whether they're rich. So now, no. But they, they, tell me what rich means. Well off. Let's say. What up, does that mean? I mean, I don't know. Do upper, you, you talking upper, about upper, upper middle class. Let's say, okay. let's say combined, I, I, combined I would say, household I would income. Say so. Combined household income over a quarter million a year. I would I would say that's true. Upper middle class is definitely okay. true. Okay. So and, what I'm saying and, is it's an unfair And I don't think there's I don't think there's any way you can make that into a negative. That there, well, there's no a, way. No, that's I'm a not neg- making it into a negative. I'm saying it's an unfair comparison to say that those kids worked harder than a a, a black kid in the ghetto who ends up getting out of the ghetto and makes, let's say, $60,000 a year. Meanwhile, these golfer kids turn out to be millionaires. Let me ask you something. For, you, you know what I'm saying? I it's an unfair hard. comparison to say that I the black kid hard. didn't work as hard. I think I work harder than Donald Trump. 
that Donald Trump is a giant. The answer is yes, I, I do. I work harder than Donald absolutely. Trump. Absolutely, I just hate that guy so much. Okay, but I can't, I can't sit around saying to myself, "Well, this isn't fair." Donald Trump has seventy trillion dollars in the bank. I'm not He's, saying that you would. This is what the problem is. I can't pick up the phone and call the, some FD something federal government thing and say, "Look, Donald Trump owns twelve golf courses. I don't own any." I mean, how about me getting just one? You know, just give me one of them. How about give, okay. give me one? I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a perfectly real world example of like, and I don't. I, I think that life ultimately. The UTA. I think that I think that life is works out to be relatively fair in a lot of cases um, on the long run, but I don't think necessarily it starts out that way. And I, yeah, I, I'm not saying that you'd sit, you know, I don't sit around and go like, oh, Donald Trump has all this money and I'm so upset about that. I don't like him as a person has no, I have no regard on his health, on his wealth. It's just, I, I, I don't like him as a person and I can't think of anything good he's ever done that I've been like, oh yeah, good, Donald Trump. Um, I almost ended up working for him once, actually. Um, he builds golf courses. That's a good thing. Good, good for him. Yeah. Great. More more rich white people to sit around and talk about how rich and white yeah. they are. And that, what, what is that. wrong with that? And, and guess what? They're private. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no blacks allowed unless you're Tiger Woods. Which, I mean, what's and you, you don't even like Tiger Woods. No, but what is wrong with having a nice private club with a bunch of people that have a lot of money hanging out together? Well, where's the negative to that? I, I don't, don't necessarily think there is, but I don't think that you can you can say that they're a higher caliber of people than somebody when else. And did I say anything about higher caliber of person? Uh, you, you, it was, it was very much implied when you talk about the golf kids. They're all very nice no, kids. I'm saying well, those golf you know, kids, those golf kids, are going to have an enjoyable life. And That's good on saying. them. But why okay. shouldn't everybody be given that opportunity if all things they, being because equal? they want they they you don't give people that opportunity like that. The federal government doesn't do that. It's not up to the federal government. I'm not saying it is, but to, to, if, you, if you help, if you help people, if you help people to realize their dreams, there's not there's not a negative in that either. Guess what we could guess what we could do to that? We could call the Catholic Church, the local parish, and we could find out what kind of programs they have for poor kids. Oh yeah, leave them to a and bunch of child molesters them, and, every and brainwashers. Them. That's a great well, idea. It could be a Catholic. It could be a Presbyterian church. Oh, good. Another group of molesting brainwashers. All brainwashers. Well, I'm just saying they all have charitable things, and you don't have to deal with the government. I mean, and they're all going to tell you about the Jesus man. The government's job is not to provide for everybody's bell well-being. That's not their job. I'm not saying it is. Okay, I, let's, I'm just. I'm man, saying, look, the, 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 the guy, the, the guy who has. The guy who has his own nice TV is not going to break in and steal your nice TV. You know that for a fact. So, okay. as far but as I'm concerned, breaking and steal a TV is a criminal. As far as I'm concerned, the more people with nice TVs, the better off we are as a nation. And I think that's where it differs. I don't care necessarily how we get there. You just I want everyone to have a nice TV. Thirty-bedroom house with a nice TV. That's all you don't like. I don't mind. No, I don't mind if there's people with thirty, forty. I don't care how much money the richest of rich. You know how have. many jobs Donald Trump provides, by the way? I'm sure it, quite a lot. Guess how much? How much guess how much? Guess his, how many? Guess how many people? Guess how many? Guess how he's being sued right now for all the 
all the people that he tried to get in his quote-unquote Trump University and scammed them out of millions of dollars. People, do you think work in Donald Trump's industry? How many people? I'm sure he gives plenty of jobs. 140,000 people are living on this planet off the money from Donald Trump businesses. 140,000. They got families. They got cars. They live in very, the suburbs. He could very easily pay oh, them. He could now, very easily pay them more, guy, but he doesn't. He underpays. I does that you and I can't do. He underpays his employees. He underpays. Greatly. greatly <laughs> yes. Guess what? They need to go look for another job if they under if they're underpaid. Okay, it's not up to the government to tell them. <laughs> I'm not the saying it is. I'm not saying the government should save all these people. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about changing a culture not based on the government. I'm saying as us as people, if we're if we as people come together and say, look, these are the things we need to together collectively strive for as a culture. Now you're talking collectively. That's what I like to hear all from right. a nice Marxist. That's what that, that's what communism, Marxism, and socialism is. Do you have is any idea how difficult it's been to not curse during this whole conversation? I mean, it's like unbelievable. Life is common. Your car is common. Your food is common. You're just a common person. <laughs> oh, because good Lord. Com- Commute into I this. Not, I do not have a problem with with exceptionalism or Can people we talk standing out. About Obama's article I sent you. All right, the article you sent me on uh, what it says. I, 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 like when I was reading it, I was like, "This is." I'm having a hard time finding a problem with this. It says he's officially kicked off his 2012 re-election campaign. Don't which, read the whole article. Which is, which is, by Wait. the way, no, I'm only bringing that up because that's only the kind of crap that somebody like you or a Republican would say. Because, frankly, let's just take this on its own thing. Okay. I like the idea. He says, under the order, all companies and their officers will be required to list their political donations as a condition to bidding for government contracts. Stop. Stop right there. Stop I'm stopping. Right there. Stopped. The reason it's bad is just like of everything else I talk about, the government has no business with their finger in that. Obama is doing something there that is so illegal that the bill will never pass. It's totally illegal. You cannot force somebody to vote for your party based on whether you give or don't give him a contract. That's what that's about. Okay. That's about, okay. let's hear, in writing, let's have it down on a piece of paper, which of these people are Democrats, which are Republicans, which one voted for who, and which one of them is trying to get a government contract. So now you're going to have to qualify based on your culture, as you would call it, to get in the Obama uh bidding process now let me in other words, the old idea of the old democratic idea and this is democratic with the with the small d <laughs> the democracy idea is okay this is what we need we're going to put it out for bids whoever is the low bid and it fits all the criteria of the bidding gets the job now he's adding wait a minute i also want to know who you voted for last time uh, let me let me let me play devil's advocate. No, but let me play let me be a devil's advocate because the way I read it, because that's you, you the don't way 
They're very obvious what the devil advocates going to say. I have to do waste your time. Maybe maybe it is, but I'm going to say it anyway because for the people no, at home, hear it. For the people at home, then. Well, you don't think that the people at home aren't smart enough to hear what I just said? No, I'm just I'm going the other route with it. I'm go. I'm just saying the way I read it was I'm this. Going the route. I'm just telling you what it said. All right. All right. But yeah, the, but, way, the way I let me tell you the way I took it was oh. <laughs> the way I took it. The way I took it was, and we talk, and there's been much talk about this transparency in various things. Mm. It, it would be important to me to know that a company bidding for a government contract was also, let's say, funding to get uh, or a, uh, an abortion bill, pa- uh, uh, the, rather, I'm sorry, Roe versus Wade overturned. And yet they got this huge government contract. Realize, and with that realize, money, they were pumping that money that they got from that government contract you into saying, that. You're saying that some sort of political idea is taking absolute control of a supposedly completely fair and open bidding process based on whether the guy's politics are in line with the president. No, if no, he, no, no. If they're, I'm not talking about the president. I don't care who's in the office. Christians are, if it is or that, they don't get the bid. I'm saying I mean, that, if, if let's put it this way. You let, me, let me present it to you illegal. this way. Right, let it's me illegal. present it to you this way. That's fine. What if the, what if the law was, uh, Woo. what if the law was, they were, they were, they were, they, were they, they weren't, they couldn't they couldn't deny a contract based on those political contributions, but it just needed to be on record what they were for the public to view. Uh, who are you going to trust? On, who am I going to trust on that? I'm just you want me to I'm just, trust the administration <laughs> on that. I'm just saying that's the way that myself and and probably oh, several people like me. You are that naive. Is this, is this transparent? I didn't think of it that way. The way that you that's presented so it, I did naive. not think of it that way. I literally thought of it as like. Well, bring in the transparency not, because the, I talked about this before. Think of I, like, I like idea, right? I don't want all government. Got the highest ranking, his, his highest favoritism <laughs> ranking. He comes out. I don't. I don't want all government, and I don't want all corporations. I like a balance, and yeah, I kind of like the idea of this Republican than a Democrat. A Republican than a Democrat because they cancel each other out in a way. And so we got to let's do eight years of Obama. Just just see what happens. It'll cancel out. Why can't this be the low bidder gets the bid? Why must he qualify based on a political stance? I'm not saying they have to qualify, but you know what? I would like it in the public record. It would be nice to know. Ridiculous. I mean, it would be nice to know if I were going to use the services of a, a, a given government contract building, let's say. Over another one, if I go, well, I go in there and these, and I'm pumping money into overturning Roe versus Wade. You know, the only <laughs> reason we're having this conversation is, is because I wanted to make the point that I was hoping that Obama was making some change in his agenda. And I was making the point that he has not only not changed his agenda, agenda he has stepped further into the quagmire of his agenda mm. with that kind of a thing. Right. But one thing, it is totally illegal, so we'll never have to deal with it, okay? Right. But Good. I'm just saying, the fact that that shows you how he thinks, it also comes up today with the illegal alien thing, where he actually uses the term illegal alien, and, and with the word illegal in there, he, he still makes a positive statement about illegal aliens so that he can get their votes. All the Hispanics will vote for him, and that's... That's what he lives for. 
That's his agenda. His agenda is that. It's payback time. We're in control, and we're going to tear down everything that was ever built that looks like democracy. Now, that's what they're doing. It's what he's trying to do. Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to make it at this time, but he's trying. Believe me, he's trying hard. Him and all these little worms that are around him. And it's a shame that that's the case, but it is. It's a scary situation for a normal thinking person. Most people don't think about it at all, by the way. The great majority of people, they're not, they don't know about it. What I'm looking at over here, when I'm looking, uh, I'm looking quickly at the article because I have no idea what you're talking about. So I have to be up to date on what you're talking about. Yeah. It sounds, he, he talks actually about, you know, the fence. He talks about immigration reform. He's talking about instead of this underground network that we have right now, getting in, basically making them legal so that they're not, exploiting you know native workers actual american workers legal american workers instead giving them an option for legal status as opposed to this sneaking under the radar thing uh, and maybe yeah maybe he's pandering and maybe there's all kinds of other crap but i feel like that's a bipartisan thing is I think everybody goes, look, there's no the way it's bipartisan. Is, the problem is that, that we. He doesn't know the term bipartisan. He wouldn't know how to spell it. Oh, my God. He, there's no way he likes bipartisan anything. Nah, Believe well, me, I'm telling you that. He is, there's not one shred of evidence of that in anything he ever does or says. I mean, he's just not, he's not a bipartisan person. Now, let me give you some, some news about right, illegal and legal. Mm hmm. Legal aliens are made citizens of the United States each year, legal. Yeah. At a number of three times the next three biggest countries. Mm -hmm. Okay? So we welcome aliens all the time. 50% mm -hmm. of the legal aliens are Hispanic. Okay. All right? Because Mexico so sucks. We're not picking on some racial thing here. I'm not saying they are. Got nothing. He no, was specifically talking about the Mexican border he, in this case. He makes it into an anti-Hispanic thing so he can get the Hispanic vote. That's all. Why is that not? I mean, that's pretty plain. I, I don't well, even no, think. But I mean, that's the issue that when people talking about talk about immigration issues, they're not talking about Germans and Canadians. They're talking about Mexicans coming over because. Yeah, but that's when they're talking about illegal aliens. Yeah, I'm talking about. I'm ta yeah, but I'm talking yeah. about when people talk about immigration problems, problems, immigration. Talking about illegal. Talk, yes, and they're not talking about you know. That's not they're taught, yeah, Ill illegally aliens, immigration, all that stuff. The first thing that comes to everyone's mind is the Mexicans who sneak over the border. And, you know, that's that's what people well, are talking about. that's all the illegal aliens are. That's what I'm saying. So it's, it's fine to say that it's Mexicans. That's fine. It's not racist to say that because they're very close and it's the closest crappy country to us that where our way of life is better than theirs. Now, before you go into all this, because I don't really care, I'm curious to know, what is your solution? You're president of the world. How how do you okay. deal with this problem? I'm president of the world, here's the thing that's going to happen. No school, no hospital, no employer can allow an illegal alien to use <coughs> their services. Okay. 
if that if if we find that a hospital, a school, or an employer has hired or treated an illegal alien, they're going to lose. They're going to be fined. They're going to lose all kind of licensing. In other words, you're going to make it such a horrible thing to do. They're not going to do it. Okay. You did that, particularly the employers. That's the big one. Yeah, definitely. If you made it just an absolute incredible penalty to hire an illegal alien, this whole thing would go away. It would go away. Because yeah. that's the only reason they're coming over here is because they can get a job over here. You can't blame them, really. Yeah, exactly. They're trying to get over here to yeah. get a job. Yeah. But the point is they need to do it lawfully. Yeah. The fact that we're allowing them to do it illegally really makes us a poor governed country to put up with that. So that's just the way that's the way I look at it. It's, it's got to do with are we in control of our borders or aren't we? And we aren't. Yeah. It's kind of sad that, that this is the case. But, I mean, I don't even look at, oh, they're taking away American jobs. Or, oh, but they spend their money here and they're part of the economy. All of those things may have some validity to them. They don't matter to me. The point is there is a way to be a, a legal alien to come to this country. Thousands of them do it every year. 50% of those are Hispanics. So they know how to do it. Yeah. So there's no reason for us to spend taxpayer bucks on illegal aliens, period. So that's what I'm going to do if I'm the king of the world. You cannot hire an illegal alien. You will go to jail. You will get fined. Your businesses will be bankrupt. Your family's going to be poor. All those bad things are going to happen if you hire an illegal alien. Okay. Now, just that, just that one prohib prohibition would stop illegal aliens immediately because they would have nowhere to go when they got over. Well, then how do you how do you take care of a pro a, a crime problem? Let's say they come over here where all the rich uh, rich people are living, and and they go, well, I got over the border, fine. Uh, oh, yeah. I can't get a job. I guess I'll rob all the rich people's houses. Well, we're going to treat them just like criminals, just the way you know they're just criminals. Huh? Well, I know. I'm saying, wouldn't you ultimately have to do a kind of a two step effort? No, I don't see any reason. I don't see any reason to have this go on another day. I would pass that law tomorrow morning and that'd be the end of that. Well, I guess I'm saying is I don't think that it would be the end of that because now you've got and it, like literally if you pass that law tomorrow here in L.A., especially you'd have millions of people suddenly out of a job that do not want to or cannot go back to Mexico one way or another. Well, and, they they'll and they we'll, immediately they would immediately turn to crime and and take care of them in our prisons. And by the way, again, without then speaking, there's your taxpayer money on your prisons. Without speaking of it, it's a racial thing. There are prisoners that don't mind being in prison because guess what? It's just like the society that Obama wants you to have. Everything is taken care of. <laughs> There's people that like that. I'm telling you, prison does not hurt everybody. Now, Charles you Manson he, seems to like it. He don't want to go to prison, but there's some people don't care if they go to prison because they got you know they don't have to they don't have to do anything. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, not, I, I, I'm not saying there aren't people like that. I'm just saying they're not in high numbers. There would be, you know, the Hispanics would then begin to rival the blacks as to how many of them were in prison. Yeah, that's true. Right, right. Well, but what I'm saying is. The, the idea of coming over here to work 
would be gone. Right. Well, then so, how, how would somebody get out of Mexico to get a better life in America? Well, well they would have to come up and take the legal route, whatever that is. I mean, the, I'm going to Right now, you, there isn't I one. A, I don't have a clear definition of how that works. There, there isn't one. There That's... are millions of Hispanics that have figured it out. Uh, and all of them got here illegally and then found out once they were in here how to make it legal. I know because I've 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 known many families like that that are last, now legal, but they did not start that way. They did not God, legally immigrate. I don't have a thing. That's if that's what they're going to do. Now the problem is you're not going to have as many new ones doing that because they're not going to be able to work while they're learning to become exactly, legal. Exactly. Exactly. So they're going to have to do it in some other way. Now there are ways to get visas to come over. They'll have some of them have family here. You come over, you get your visa. You get all your paperwork, and you start true, taking the little true. tests, and you get yourself, you're on the path to becoming legal. Mm -hmm. During that time, you live with brother and sister and eat their cereal, you know. And then eventually you become a citizen, and now yeah, you yeah. can be now you can be Donald Trump. Mm. There you go. Good. You can wear a toupee and be a giant. Nah, what up? I'm not going to curse. You want to play golf? Go tee it up. Yeah. That's it. Wonderful. Well, look, I don't. I don't have a big issue with finding businesses for hiring uh, illegal aliens. Uh, I, I don't have an issue with that. I, well, I mean, I'm just saying, if if little old me can sit over here and make these <laughs> statements that make all that sense. Well, that the, the, the thing that people say is that well, it's very difficult to catch them and everything oh, else like that. Oh, yeah, you're missing the whole point. The reason that Democrats don't want to hear that kind of logic is because it doesn't help their voting numbers. <laughs> Right. You don't understand that. I mean, you got to understand that that's what this is all about. So you're saying the only the only yeah. good people, the only good people that that have any office or taking any office whatsoever are Republicans. Are you saying everybody in everybody ever in politics? There's not a single person who might no, ever have thought I should never. change can I something. You, can I explain to you why I'm never going to say never? Huh? No, you don't need to explain why never because I I was during making a straw during man. sour. Days of extreme racism in this country, which would have been 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. Mm -hmm. All those decades. Yeah. Democrats controlled that part of the country with the most racism, which would be the South. Yes. Every state had a Democratic governor. Every big city had a Democratic mayor. Yes. The Democrats controlled all of the racism <coughs> in this country. Yes. So no, I'm not going to say forever because that's forgotten about by the blacks for some reason. I remember they, reading they, an article they about that. Suffered, yeah. They have never suffered as a people the way they suffered under the Democrats. No way. I will grant you that. But but I mean, to, you're talking to, about people that made laws about the water fountains. Today, Democrats made yes, those laws. I'm not arguing that at all. To but, the movie theater but today, and let's Democrats are not the racist I'll party. Back in the corner, in the last three rows. Right. Democrats so today. Democrats today are not the ones making. Democrats today are not making the are not the ones making uh, laws against you know racially sensitive laws or racially insensitive or racially insensitive comments. <laughs> How can that be forgiven and forgotten? Because, I mean, we don't because Hitler. that's not how it's going down today. That's yeah, but we don't forgive not, Hitler, do we? 
It's not. But for, don't we to the Jews? Oh, no, no, we're not forgiving Hitler, but we're not. But we're, we, not we, but we're also not saying that all of Germany kills Jews. No, but we can. No, but let's just say this: we the say that Nazis are, are dead. National That's the same reason. National Socialist Party, which is the Nazis. Yeah. You might as well talk about the devil and Satan and everything. Yes. Why can't the Democrats have that same thing laying on their head because of what they did to the blacks? That's not how it is today. It's the same way. Well, as it's not Germany. that way today with the Nazis either. But they still no, talk. No, about well, no. What I'm saying is Germany as a country is 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 exceedingly wary of like any kind of uprising or or, or militias or anything like that because I'm of about what happened. Ruling party in the country. That's all I'm talking about. Okay. Well, ruling party was a yes. national socialist. And today, the Democrats were a ruling party during the '60s and the '50s and the '40s and the '30s and the '20s in the South, and they yes. put the black people in the back of the bus, drinking out of separate water yes. fountains. Now, how can that be forgiven? Because that's not how it is yeah, today. There is no way. You ask a black person if those people are forgiven. Just ask. No, no, no. I'm not saying they're forgiving those people. But as a party, look, when it comes to racially insensitive remarks or flat-out racist remarks, Republicans lead the way in the last 10 years. We're not years. talking about remarks here. We're talking about your daily talking life. Talking about laws. That's talking about, talk about, like, talk about uh, reproductive rights. Talk about racial laws talk about any number of things republicans by and large let me are, hear, are, are let against me hear all that. laws let me hear them hold on i have to look them up because i don't remember i don't have like names oh well, well this law this that thing let, let me hear one of, of a racial law i can give you reproductive rights stuff i can give you you know anti-stem cells right? research uh, is a stem cell research, the, the blocking of RU486, the the constant attempt to overturn Roe versus Wade. When you get to religious right in this country that, that is, is against all of that stuff, they're all Republicans. Where is this racial? Uh, what's his name? Oh, God, it's killing me. Ah, I try to ignore all of their faces and names. Uh, um, uh, Hold on a minute. I'm I trying go. to remember his name. I have to look him up. I have to look it up. Uh man, what was his name? Okay, I got five minutes left. Keep arguing politics, so you can go to something else. It don't we, matter. We can me. gladly go to something else. That's fine. Uh, well, wait. Oh. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> good lord! I actually had some articles I was going to bring up, but they were not. They were not uh, political in nature. I can't. Um, they were interesting. Um, well, there was One, two of them, but I don't know if they. Well, one of them was like this. This infographic called "Sitting is Killing You." And I just thought it was sitting, sitting, sitting is killing yeah. you. And I just thought it was very weird, very weird statistics where I'm like, where? I mean, I, I, they, they reference all of their statistics. And I had to like look into it more, but they, you know, just looking at the infographic, it says it increases risk of death up to 40%. Sitting six plus hours a day makes you up to 40% likelier to die within 15 years than someone who sits less than three, even if you exercise. I feel like that's just office workers killing themselves, but that could be me.
and the fact that well, you're sitting also in a, you people know, that are commute. on a computer for seven, eight hours a day. That's that's what that yeah, is. Yeah. And there's also like the commute from the office. You're going to be well, the and then you got the old timers that sit and watch TV all day. You know, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of. Uh, obviously, sitting makes us fat. Uh, it was talking. It talks about all the ways that sitting wrecks your your body. Um, well, those, don't you agree with that though? Yeah, but I, you know, it's sort of one of those. It's one of those weird statistics. That I feel like, well, you're not telling a full story. It's not just sitting will do this to you. It's the people who are sitting around six plus hours a day are doing so because of blank, 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 and blank, which is also more likely to kill you. You know what I'm saying? Or, or, or might more likely to mean that you'll be dead in 15 years. For instance, again, office workers who commute. If you sit six plus hours a day, you work in an office most likely. And if you work yeah. in an office, you probably commute to that office, which means that you are on the road five days out of the week, which means that you're more likely to get killed in a car accident within 15 years. I know guys who have wives that are on eBay all their waking time. Yep. I mean, they're, I'm talking 10, 12 hours a day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fooling around. Mm-hmm. And most of them weigh about 320. Yep. Well, that's also what he's saying is that it makes you incredibly <laughs> fat. Yeah. And again, that will kill you within 15 years. But it's not, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I think it's the lifestyle that you lead that would put you in a chair for six plus hours a day that will kill yeah. you. Not so much the actual symptoms. Well, it's just like the medical statement that you see at a number of hospitals where if you smoke, you will die from smoking unless something else kills you first. You will die from smoking. That's the way it works. But you could also buy, die of something before you die of smoking. Yeah, but you could also live a, a very, very long life and be a smoker. Ah. That's the thing that people forget to tell you. There's been many ah. people that lived into their 90s that were smokers. I'd like to, hear, I'd like to see that list. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a lengthy one, but there are people. I don't know. I don't know who <laughs> I about that. I say I cough, but, you know, I, I'm just saying. You take, uh, you know, it's interesting. Smoking to be- is one of those things that makes no sense whatsoever to me. I can't. Uh, okay. And I even smoked at one time in my life. But, I mean, it wasn't a, a big time. Yeah. Well, you were an athlete. I didn't. I, didn't I, I, was, I See, I hated myself and smoked, my body, so I, met, I smoked. The day I met your, your, your mom, I was smoking. Keith Richards is almost 70 years old now. He is 70, isn't he? He's 67. That dude's... Well, you know, all the rock guys from the 70s are my age. You know, Paul McCartney is right, born right. the same year, same month. Yeah. Uh, Keith Richards smokes probably two, three packs a day. Drinks like a drinks probably more alcohol than water. <laughs> we don't know that. Uh, he's tough. Those guys, that's one of those guys that sends his kids off to school in the morning. But no, I'm just saying. Well, he definitely smokes like two, three packs of cigarettes a day. Yes. Oh, I don't know that. I don't know that. All right, well, let's just pretend. I don't think we, don't think we pre- know that. We know that people write that he does that. Throughout, but I don't know. A, throughout, let's say this, throughout a given concert that they do, he does not ever not have a cigarette in his mouth. Okay. So, like, just extrapolating that information. Oh, but, he, he, you know, that's probably part of his show, you know. Well, it's like I smoke more when we're doing this show than I'm going to smoke when we're done doing the show. And you're like, ah, oh, you smoke so much as I'm about to smoke again. But I'm just saying. Every time I see you or talk to you, you're puffing. I can hear the puffing. Yeah, well. So that's. I uh, love to smoke. I mean, you know. 
what I do. It's just, you know, it's a... Well, I mean, it's it, like, I, I think it's it's one of those things, it's probably not the mindset I should get into, but it's it's a recent thing where I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm a smoker. That's just it. I'm a smoker. Okay. It's just what I am, you know. I mean, not like as a person. I just mean I'm a smoker. When I'm visiting you in the hospital with all the tubes in you, I will not bring this up. Well, I hope I'm dead long before then. I, I will not bring this up. No, it doesn't matter because I'll, I mean, it's not like I'll be, why did this happen to me? Or how did this happen? I'll, I'll know very well. I'll be very, I'll very well. And uh, I realize there's, you know, history of cancer in the family and everything else like that. But, you know, whatever. It's not like life is a rich, full experience for me. It's not like I'm trying to hang on to every last minute I can here. So I don't really care. I think if I were, uh, I think if I were like suddenly, you know, doing way better and wanted to hang what do you on think? to I'm going to bring up something you know? that we can, we can talk about the next time. I'm going to give you, a, <laughs> like, right, this yeah. is, you know, this is that. the teaser that they call the teaser, you know, on the radio yeah. show. Yeah, let's do that. They always give you the teaser after the commercial. I'm going to tell you what's going to come up after the commercial so you'll hang in there. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is the teaser. Don't touch that dial. Huh? Don't touch that dial. Okay, I forgot what I was going to say. No, no, sorry. The teaser for next episode. Yeah, I'll have to bring it up next time. I, I can't oh, remember that exactly what it was. It was, it, was uh, something, it was something profound, but I forgot what it was. Was it about life being a, every minute of life being a rich, full experience? <clears throat> probably. And how I wasn't trying to hang on to all of it? It's, it's probably something it's something like that, okay. but it was real profound. I mean, it's a very deep thing. I was assuming it was. I was hoping that. It yeah, was I just can't. I just can't remember what it was. It, it stayed too short a time in my brain. Oh, I'm sorry. But all the other stuff in there after all these years, it, 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 it's it's there's it, a lot of those short visits I get like that. Yeah, I understand. Stuff comes in and goes. Choo! Yeah, yeah, I've been there. You know, been there. Yeah. It happens to you. I mean, it's just a normal thing. Well, I'll, I'll say what I was gonna say before, and then maybe it'll trigger it. Maybe it won't. Um, no, it, I was it won't. just gonna say. Uh, I say if I was suddenly doing way way better, where I wanted to hang on to every minute of life, I think I'd probably try harder to uh, make sure that my body would last that long. But I, I don't feel that way, so I don't really care. You well, know what I'm so I'm just enjoying the moments because that's all I got, and uh, the moments are better when I'm smoking. That's all. Well, I, I'm not going to tell you how crazy that sounds, but anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I know exactly how crazy it sounds. There's nothing There's nothing that I can do about it, so I'm not going to even worry with it. I can't do anything about it. It's funny, actually. I, I. It's just like somebody who drinks too much and they become alcoholics. It's like, you know, I mean, you can't do anything about it. I mean, they keep telling you, oh, send them to AAA or... Double A or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just, uh, people drink to excess for the same do reason. About it. If somebody has a habit like that, you know, what are you going to do? As Tony Soprano would say, what are you going to do? Well, see, this is this is where I get into the, this is this is one of those uh, Republican Democrat arguments, I guess. Again, oh please. <laughs> well, it's funny to me because I remember when Mom first found out that I smoked, and I. She has never in her life given me a lecture, and I thought that would be the first one I'd ever get. And she sat down, and she said, I can't believe you're smoking, too. After, you know, I saw Meredith, she became a smoker. I was very upset, and she's all, and after your grandfather and everything else, I can't believe you're a smoker. I don't want you smoking in the house, and I won't buy your cigarettes. And then she said, I have to go. And she had to go. And she left to go off to her other job. Uh, and I remember thinking, like, really, that was that was not that bad at all. And uh, I thought, like, I'd immediately have to quit or something, or she'd kick my ass if she ever saw me smoke again. Nope. And sure enough, she has bought me many cigarettes in her life. 
uh, after well, that time. Well, that's one thing you won't catch me doing. I'm not saying I would, but I'm just no. saying she. It, it got to that point where when I had to go visit her in Colorado, she'd be like, "I'm at the store. Did you need anything? Cigarettes?" <laughs> and I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah. If you want to pick me up a pack, cause, uh, the store is 70 miles away. So yeah, pick me up a couple packs. You know, I'm gonna be stuck out here in the cold. I'm gonna need something to smoke." Uh, yeah, you know, and so it, it does. It did kind of my part of me goes like, well, would I have quit smoking had she given me like a, a severe beating, maybe physically or verbally? She never gave you a severe beating. Well, I don't know about that, but uh, I'm just saying, I don't know. I'm just saying. All of my kids claim they got severe beatings after I was gone. I got severe beatings while you were there. You never no, hit Meredith, but you not hit for me. me. No, you did. Yeah, absolutely. Get uh, out of here! Absolutely, I never gave anybody a well. I, didn't say I don't want to. I wouldn't. I don't want to go into this. I mean, this is this is like years <laughs> of therapy coming bubbling. Yeah, up you on got me. you got your brain messed up though. I right know there. that's not at all true, but that's cool. The smoking. I don't, don't want to go into this. I all right, I got to go. The time right, is running out on me yeah. here. It's already eight thirty. All right, cool. All right, well, you take care, and uh, maybe you'll remember your profound thing about life and trying to live longer. Oh, yeah, I'll probably will. It'll come, it'll come floating in again, probably. Right, okay. Well, you email this. me when you do. I hope, I hope to see you again next week, and get ready. All right, will do, Dad. Love you. Be careful out there around them roads. <laughs> Indeed I will. See you later. Good All night. right. Good night. Love you.